Section 9 of Lourdes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Lourdes by Emile Zola. Translated by Ernest Visitelli. The Second Day. 4. Verification. The doctor was waiting for the young priest outside the verification office, in front of which a compact and feverish crowd of pilgrims was assembled, waylaying and questioning the patients who went in, and acclaiming them as they came out whenever the news spread of any miracle, such as the restoration of some blind man's sight, some deaf woman's hearing, or some paralytic's power of motion. Pierre had no little difficulty in making his way through the throng, but at last he reached his friend well he asked are we going to have a miracle a real incontestable one i mean the doctor smiled indulgent despite his new faith ah well said he a miracle is not worked to order god intervenes when he pleases some hospitalers were mounting guard at the door but they all knew monsieur chassaigne and respectfully drew aside to let him enter with his companion the office where the cures were verified was very badly installed in a wretched wooden shanty divided into two apartments first a narrow antechamber and then a general meeting-room which was by no means so large as it should have been however there was a question of providing the department with better accommodation the following year with which view some large premises under one of the inclined ways of the rosary were already being fitted up the only article of furniture in the antechamber was a wooden bench on which pierre perceived two female patients awaiting their turn in the charge of a young hospitaller but on entering the meeting-room the number of persons packed inside it quite surprised him whilst the suffocating heat within those wooden walls on which the sun was so fiercely playing almost scorched his face it was a square bare room painted a light yellow with the panes of its single window covered with whitening so that the pressing throng outside might see nothing of what went on within one dared not even open this window to admit a little fresh air for it was no sooner set ajar than a crowd of inquisitive heads peeped in the furniture was of a very rudimentary kind consisting simply of two deal tables of unequal height placed end to end and not even covered with a cloth together with a kind of big canterbury littered with untidy papers sets of documents registers and pamphlets and finally some thirty rush-seated chairs placed here and there over the floor and a couple of ragged armchairs usually reserved for the patients dr bonhomie at once hastened forward to greet dr chassaigne who was one of the latest and most glorious conquests of the grotto he found a chair for him and bowing to pierre's cassock also made the young priest sit down then in the tone of extreme politeness which was customary with him he exclaimed mon cher confrère you will kindly allow me to continue we were just examining mademoiselle he referred to a deaf peasant girl of twenty who was seated in one of the armchairs instead of listening however pierre who was very weary still with a buzzing in his head contented himself with gazing at the scene endeavouring to form some notion of the people assembled in the room there were some fifty altogether many of them standing and leaning against the walls half a dozen however were seated at the two tables a central position being occupied by the superintendent of the piscinas who was constantly consulting a thick register whilst around him were a father of the assumption and three young seminarists who acted as secretaries writing searching for documents passing them and classifying them again after each examination pierre however took most interest in a father of the immaculate conception father d'argelès 
who had been pointed out to him that morning as being the editor of the journal de la grotte this ecclesiastic whose thin little face with its blinking eyes pointed nose and delicate mouth was ever smiling had modestly seated himself at the end of the lower table where he occasionally took notes for his newspaper he alone of the community to which he belonged showed himself during the three days of the national pilgrimage behind him however one could divine the presence of all the others the slowly developed hidden power which organized everything and raked in all the proceeds the onlookers consisted almost entirely of inquisitive people and witnesses including a score of doctors and a few priests the medical men who had come from all parts mostly preserved silence only a few of them occasionally venturing to ask a question and every now and then they would exchange oblique glances more occupied apparently in watching one another than in verifying the facts submitted to their examination who could they be some names were mentioned but they were quite unknown only one had caused any stir that of a celebrated doctor professing at a catholic university that afternoon however dr bonamy who never sat down busy as he was conducting the proceedings and questioning the patients reserved most of his attentions for a short fair-haired man a writer of some talent who contributed to one of the most widely read paris newspapers and who in the course of a holiday tour had by chance reached lourdes that morning was not this an unbeliever whom it might be possible to convert whose influence it would be desirable to gain for advertisement's sake such at all events appeared to be m bonamy's opinion for he had compelled the journalist to take the second armchair and with an affectation of smiling good-nature was treating him to a full performance again and again repeating that he and his patrons had nothing to hide and that everything took place in the most open manner we only desire light he exclaimed we never cease to call for the investigations of all willing men then as the alleged cure of the deaf girl did not seem at all a promising case he addressed her somewhat roughly come come my girl this is only a beginning you must come back when there are more distinct signs of improvement and turning to the journalist he added in an undertone if we were to believe them they would all be healed but the only cures we accept are those which are thoroughly proven which are as apparent as the sun itself pray notice moreover that i say cures and not miracles for we doctors do not take upon ourselves to interpret and explain we are simply here to see if the patients who submit themselves to our examination have really lost all symptoms of their ailments thereupon he struck an attitude doubtless he spoke like this in order that his rectitude might not be called in question believing without believing he knew that science was yet so obscure so full of surprises that what seemed impossible might always come to pass and thus in the declining years of his life he had contrived to secure an exceptional position at the grotto a position which had both its inconveniences and its advantages but which taken for all in all was very comfortable and pleasant and now in reply to a question from the paris journalist he began to explain his mode of proceeding each patient who accompanied the pilgrimage arrived provided with papers amongst which there was almost always a certificate of the doctor who had been attending the case at times even there were certificates given by several doctors hospital bulletins and so forth quite a record of the illness in its various stages and thus if a cure took place and the cured person came forward it was only necessary to consult his or her set of documents in order to ascertain the nature of the ailment and then examination would show if that ailment had really disappeared pierre was now listening since he had been there seated and resting himself he had grown calmer and his mind was clear once more it was only the heat which at present caused him any inconvenience 
and thus interested as he was by dr bonamy's explanations and desirous of forming an opinion he would have spoken out and questioned had it not been for his cloth which condemned him to remain in the background he was delighted therefore when the little fair-haired gentleman the influential writer began to bring forward the objections which at once occurred to him was it not most unfortunate that one doctor should diagnose the illness and that another should verify the cure in this mode of proceeding there was certainly a source of frequent error the better plan would have been for a medical commission to examine all the patients as soon as they arrived at lourdes and draw up reports on every case to which reports the same commission would have referred whenever an alleged cure was brought before it dr bonamy however did not fall in with this suggestion he replied with some reason that a commission would never suffice for such gigantic labour just think of it a thousand patients to examine in a single morning and how many different theories there would be how many contrary diagnoses how many endless discussions all of a nature to increase the general uncertainty the preliminary examination of the patients which was almost always impossible would even if attempted leave the door open for as many errors as the present system in practice it was necessary to remain content with the certificates delivered by the medical men who had been in attendance on the patients and these certificates accordingly acquired capital decisive importance dr bonamy ran through the documents lying on one of the tables and gave the paris journalist some of these certificates to read a great many of them unfortunately were very brief others more skilfully drawn up clearly specified the nature of the complaint and some of the doctor's signatures were even certified by the mayors of the localities where they resided nevertheless doubts remained innumerable and not to be surmounted who were these doctors who could tell if they possessed sufficient scientific authority to write as they did with all respect to the medical profession were there not innumerable doctors whose attainments were very limited and besides might not these have been influenced by circumstances that one knew nothing of in some cases by considerations of a personal character one was tempted to ask for an inquiry respecting each of these medical men since everything was based on the documents supplied by the patients these documents ought to have been most carefully controlled for there could be no proof of any miracle if the absolute certainty of the alleged ailments had not been demonstrated by stringent examination very red and covered with perspiration dr bonamy waved his arms but that is the course we follow that is the course we follow said he as soon as it seems to us that a case of cure cannot be explained by natural means we institute a minute inquiry we request the person who has been cured to return here for further examination and as you can see we surround ourselves with all means of enlightenment these gentlemen here who are listening to us are nearly every one of them doctors who have come from all parts of france we always entreat them to express their doubts if they feel any to discuss the cases with us and a very detailed report of each discussion is drawn up you hear me gentlemen by all means protest if anything occurs here of a nature to offend your sense of truth not one of the onlookers spoke most of the doctors present were undoubtedly catholics and naturally enough they merely bowed as for the others the unbelievers the savants pure and simple they looked on and evinced some interest in certain phenomena but considerations of courtesy deterred them from entering into discussions which they knew would have been useless when as men of sense their discomfort became too great and they felt themselves growing angry they simply left the room as nobody breathed a word dr bonamy became quite triumphant and on the journalist asking him if he were all alone to accomplish so much work he replied yes all alone but my functions as doctor of the grotto are not so complicated as you may think for i repeat it 
they simply consist in verifying cures whenever any take place however he corrected himself and added with a smile ah i was forgetting i am not quite alone i have Robouin, who helps me keep things a little bit in order here so saying he pointed to a stout grey-haired man of forty with a heavy face and bulldog jaw Rabouin was an ardent believer one of those excited beings who did not allow the miracles to be called in question and thus he often suffered from his duties at the verification office where he was ever ready to growl with anger when anybody disputed a prodigy the appeal to the doctors had made him quite lose his temper and his superior had to calm him come Rabouin, my friend be quiet said dr bonamy all sincere opinions are entitled to a hearing however the defile of patience was resumed a man was now brought in whose trunk was so covered with eczema that when he took off his shirt a kind of grey flower fell from his skin he was not cured but simply declared that he came to lourdes every year and always went away feeling relieved then came a lady a countess who was fearfully emaciated and whose story was an extraordinary one cured of tuberculosis by the blessed virgin a first time seven years previously she had subsequently given birth to four children and had then again fallen into consumption at present she was a morphinomaniac but her first bath had already relieved her so much that she proposed taking part in the torchlight procession that same evening with the twenty-seven members of her family whom she had brought with her to lourdes then there was a woman afflicted with nervous aphonia who after months of absolute dumbness had just recovered her voice at the moment when the blessed sacrament went by at the head of the four o'clock procession gentlemen declared dr bonamy affecting the graciousness of a savant of extremely liberal views as you are aware we do not draw any conclusions when a nervous affection is in question still you will kindly observe that this woman was treated at the salpetriere for six months and that she had to come here to find her tongue suddenly loosened despite all these fine words he displayed some little impatience for he would have greatly liked to show the gentleman from paris one of those remarkable instances of cure which occasionally presented themselves during the four o'clock procession that being the moment of grace and exultation when the blessed virgin interceded for those whom she had chosen but on this particular afternoon there had apparently been none the cures which had so far passed before them were doubtful ones deficient in interest meanwhile out of doors you could hear the stamping and roaring of the crowd goaded into a frenzy by repeated hymns enfevered by its earnest desire for the divine interposition and growing more and more enervated by the delay all at once however a smiling modest-looking young girl whose clear eyes sparkled with intelligence entered the office ah exclaimed dr bonamy joyously here is our little friend sophie a remarkable cure gentlemen which took place at the same season last year and the results of which i will ask permission to show you pierre had immediately recognized sophie couteau the miraculé who had got into the train at poitiers and he now witnessed a repetition of the scene which had already been acted in his presence dr bonamy began giving detailed explanations to the little fair-haired gentleman who displayed great attention the case said the doctor had been one of the caries of the bones of the left heel with the commencement of necrosis necessitating excision and yet the frightful suppurating sore had been healed in a minute at the first immersion in the piscina tell the gentleman how it happened sophie he added the little girl made her usual pretty gesture as a sign to everybody to be attentive and then she began well it was like this my foot was past cure i couldn't even go to church any more and it had to be kept bandaged because there was always a lot of matter coming from it 
monsieur rivoire the doctor who had made a cut in it so as to see inside it said that he should be obliged to take out a piece of the bone and that sure enough would have made me lame for life but when i got to lourdes and had prayed a great deal to the blessed virgin i went to dip my foot in the water wishing so much that i might be cured that i did not even take the time to pull the bandages off and everything remained in the water there was no longer anything the matter with my foot when i took it out dr bonamy listened and punctuated each word with an approving nod and what did your doctor say sophie he asked when i got back to vivonne and monsieur rivoire saw my foot again he said whether it be god or the devil who has cured this child it is all the same to me but in all truth she is cured a burst of laughter rang out the doctor's remark was sure to produce an effect and what was it sophie that you said to madame la comtesse the superintendent of your ward ah yes i hadn't brought many bandages for my foot with me and i said to her it was very kind of the blessed virgin to cure me the first day as i should have run out of linen on the morrow then there was fresh laughter a general display of satisfaction at seeing her look so pretty telling her story which she now knew by heart in too recitative a manner but nevertheless remaining very touching and truthful in appearance take off your shoes sophie now said dr bonamy show your foot to these gentlemen let them feel it nobody must retain any doubt the little foot promptly appeared very white very clean carefully tended indeed with its scar just below the ankle a long scar whose whitey seam testified to the gravity of the complaint some of the medical men had drawn near and looked on in silence others whose opinions no doubt were already formed did not disturb themselves though one of them with an air of extreme politeness inquired why the blessed virgin had not made a new foot while she was about it for this would assuredly have given her no more trouble dr bonamy however quickly replied that if the blessed virgin had left a scar it was certainly in order that a trace a proof of the miracle might remain then he entered into technical particulars demonstrating that a fragment of bone and flesh must have been instantly formed and this of course could not be explained in any natural way mon dieu interrupted the little fair-haired gentleman there is no need of any such complicated affair let me merely see a finger cut with a penknife let me see it dipped in the water and let it come out with the cut cicatrized the miracle will be quite as great and i shall bow to it respectfully then he added if i possessed a source which could thus close up sores and wounds i should turn the world topsy-turvy i do not know exactly how i should manage it but at all events i would summon the nations and the nations would come i should cause the miracles to be verified in such an indisputable manner that i should be the master of the earth just think what an extraordinary power it would be a divine power but it would be necessary that not a doubt should remain the truth would have to be as patent as apparent as the sun itself the whole world would behold it and believe then he began discussing various methods of control with the doctor he had admitted that owing to the great number of patients it would be difficult if not impossible to examine them all on their arrival only why didn't they organize a special ward at the hospital a ward which would be reserved for cases of visible sores they would have thirty such cases all told which might be subjected to the preliminary examination of a committee authentic reports would be drawn up and the sores might even be photographed then if a case of cure should present itself the commission would merely have to authenticate it by a fresh report and in all this there would be no question of any internal complaint the diagnostication of which is difficult and liable to be controverted 
there would be visible evidence of the ailment and cure could be proved somewhat embarrassed dr bonamy replied no doubt no doubt all we ask for is enlightenment the difficulty would lie in forming the committee you speak of if you only knew how little medical men agree however there is certainly an idea in what you say fortunately a fresh patient now came to his assistance whilst little sophie couteau already forgotten was putting on her shoes again elise rouquet appeared and removing her wrap displayed her diseased face to view she related that she had been bathing it with her handkerchief ever since the morning and it seemed to her that her sore previously so fresh and raw was already beginning to dry and grow paler in colour this was true pierre noticed with great surprise that the aspect of the sore was now less horrible this supplied fresh food for the discussion on visible sores for the little fair-haired gentleman clung obstinately to his idea of organizing a special ward indeed said he if the condition of this girl had been verified that morning and she should be cured what a triumph it would have been for the grotto which could have claimed to have healed a lupus it would then have no longer been possible to deny that miracles were worked dr chassaigne had so far kept in the background motionless and silent as though he desired that the facts alone should exercise their influence on pierre but he now leant forward and said to him in an undertone visible sores visible sores indeed that gentleman can have no idea that our most learned medical men suspect many of these sores to be of nervous origin yes we are discovering that complaints of this kind are often simply due to bad nutrition of the skin these questions of nutrition are still so imperfectly studied and understood and some medical men are also beginning to prove that the faith which heals can even cure sores certain forms of lupus among others and so i would ask what certainty that gentleman would obtain with his ward for visible sores there would simply be a little more confusion and passion in arguing the eternal question no no science is vain it is a sea of uncertainty he smiled sorrowfully whilst dr bonamy after advising elise rouquet to continue using the water as lotion and to return each day for further examination repeated with his prudent affable air at all events gentlemen there are signs of improvement in this case that is beyond doubt but all at once the office was fairly turned topsy-turvy by the arrival of la grivotte who swept in like a whirlwind almost dancing with delight and shouting in a full voice i am cured i am cured and forthwith she began to relate that they had first of all refused to bathe her and that she had been obliged to insist and beg and sob in order to prevail upon them to do so after receiving father fourcade's express permission and then it had all happened as she had previously said it would she had not been immersed in the icy water for three minutes all perspiring as she was with her consumptive rattle before she had felt strength returning to her like a whip-stroke lashing her whole body and now a flaming excitement possessed her radiant stamping her feet she was unable to keep still i am cured my good gentleman i am cured pierre looked at her this time quite stupefied was this the same girl whom on the previous night he had seen lying on the carriage seat annihilated coughing and spitting blood with her face of ashen hue he could not recognize her as she now stood there erect and slender her cheeks rosy her eyes sparkling upbuoyed by a determination to live a joy in living already gentlemen declared dr bonamy the case appears to me to be a very interesting one we will see then he asked for the documents concerning la grivotte but they could not be found among all the papers heaped together on the two tables the young seminarists who acted as secretaries began turning everything over 
and the superintendent of the piscinas who sat in their midst himself had to get up to see if these documents were in the canterbury at last when they had sat down again he found them under the register which lay open before him among them were three medical certificates which he read aloud all three of them agreed in stating that the case was one of advanced thysis complicated by nervous incidents which invested it with a peculiar character dr bonamy wagged his head as though to say that such an ensemble of testimony could leave no room for doubt forthwith he subjected the patient to a prolonged auscultation and he murmured i hear nothing i hear nothing then correcting himself he added at least i hear scarcely anything finally he turned towards the five-and-twenty or thirty doctors who were assembled there in silence will some of you gentlemen he asked kindly lend me the help of your science we are here to study and discuss these questions at first nobody stirred then there was one who ventured to come forward and in his turn subject the patient to auscultation but instead of declaring himself he continued reflecting shaking his head anxiously at last he stammered that in his opinion one must await further developments another doctor however at once took his place and this one expressed a decided opinion he could hear nothing at all that woman could never have suffered from thysis then others followed him in fact with the exception of five or six whose smiling faces remained impenetrable they all joined the defile and the confusion now attained its apogee for each gave an opinion sensibly differing from that of his colleagues so that a general uproar arose and one could no longer hear oneself speak father d'argelès alone retained the calmness of perfect serenity for he had scented one of those cases which impassion people and redound to the glory of our lady of lourdes he was already taking notes on a corner of the table thanks to all the noise of the discussion pierre and dr chassaigne seated at some distance from the others were now able to talk together without being heard oh those piscinas said the young priest i have just seen them to think that the water should be so seldom changed what filth it is what a soup of microbes what a terrible blow for the present-day mania that rage for antiseptic precautions how is it that some pestilence does not carry off all these poor people the opponents of the microbe theory must be having a good laugh monsieur chassaigne stopped him no no my child said he the baths may be scarcely clean but they offer no danger please notice that the temperature of the water never rises above fifty degrees and that seventy-seven are necessary for the cultivation of germs besides scarcely any contagious diseases come to lourdes neither cholera nor typhus nor variola nor measles nor scarlatina we only see certain organic affections here paralysis scrofula tumours ulcers and abscesses cancers and thysis and the latter cannot be transmitted by the water of the baths the old sores which are bathed have nothing to fear and offer no risk of contagion i can assure you that on this point there is even no necessity for the blessed virgin to intervene then in that case doctor rejoined pierre when you were practising you would have dipped all your patients in icy water women at no matter what season rheumatic patients people suffering from diseases of the heart consumptives and so on for instance that unhappy girl half dead and covered with sweat would you have bathed her certainly not there are heroic methods of treatment to which in practice one does not dare to have recourse an icy bath may undoubtedly kill a consumptive but do we know whether in certain circumstances it might not save her i who have ended by admitting that a supernatural power is at work here i willingly admit that some cures must take place under natural conditions thanks to that immersion in cold water which seems to us idiotic and barbarous 
ah the things we don't know the things we don't know he was relapsing into his anger his hatred of science which he scorned since it had left him scared and powerless beside the deathbed of his wife and his daughter you ask for certainties he resumed but assuredly it is not medicine which will give you them listen for a moment to those gentlemen and you will be edified is it not beautiful all that confusion in which so many opinions clash together certainly there are ailments with which one is thoroughly acquainted even to the most minute details of their evolution there are remedies also the effects of which have been studied with the most scrupulous care but the thing that one does not know that one cannot know is the relation of the remedy to the ailment for there are as many cases as there may be patients each liable to variation so that experimentation begins afresh every time this is why the practice of medicine remains an art for there can be no experimental finality in it cure always depends on chance on some fortunate circumstance on some bright idea of the doctors and so you will understand that all the people who come and discuss here make me laugh when they talk about the absolute laws of science where are those laws in medicine i should like to have them shown to me he did not wish to say any more but his passion carried him away so he went on i told you that i had become a believer nevertheless to speak the truth i understand very well why this worthy dr bonamy is so little affected and why he continues calling upon doctors in all parts of the world to come and study his miracles the more doctors that might come the less likelihood there would be of the truth being established in the inevitable battle between contradictory diagnoses and methods of treatment if men cannot agree about a visible sore they surely cannot do so about an internal lesion the existence of which will be admitted by some and denied by others and why then should not everything become a miracle for after all whether the action comes from nature or from some unknown power medical men are as a rule none the less astonished when an illness terminates in a manner which they have not foreseen no doubt too things are very badly organized here those certificates from doctors whom nobody knows have no real value all documents ought to be stringently inquired into but even admitting any absolute scientific strictness you must be very simple my dear child if you imagine that a positive conviction would be arrived at absolute for one and all error is implanted in man and there is no more difficult task than that of demonstrating to universal satisfaction the most insignificant truth pierre had now begun to understand what was taking place at lourdes the extraordinary spectacle which the world had been witnessing for years amidst the devout adoration of some and the insulting laughter of others forces as yet but imperfectly studied of which one was even ignorant were certainly at work auto-suggestion long-prepared disturbance of the nerves inspiriting influence of the journey the prayers and the hymns and especially the healing breath the unknown force which was evolved from the multitude in the acute crisis of faith thus it seemed to him anything but intelligent to believe in trickery the facts were both of a much more lofty and much more simple nature there was no occasion for the fathers of the grotto to descend to falsehood it was sufficient that they should help in creating confusion that they should utilize the universal ignorance it might even be admitted that everybody acted in good faith the doctors void of genius who delivered the certificates the consoled patients who believed themselves cured and the impassioned witnesses who swore that they had beheld what they described and from all this was evolved the obvious impossibility of proving whether there was a miracle or not and such being the case did not the miracle naturally become a reality for the greater number for all those who suffered and who had need of hope then as dr bonamy who had noticed that they were chatting apart came up to them 
pierre ventured to inquire what is about the proportion of the cures to the number of cases about ten per cent answered the doctor and reading in the young priest's eyes the words that he could not utter he added in a very cordial way oh but there would be many more they would all be cured if we chose to listen to them but it is as well to say it i am only here to keep an eye on the miracles like a policeman as it were my only functions are to check excessive zeal and to prevent holy things from being made ridiculous in one word this office is simply an office where a visa is given when the cures have been verified and seem real ones he was interrupted however by a low growl Rabouin was growing angry the cures verified the cures verified he muttered what is the use of that there is no pause in the working of the miracles what is the use of verifying them so far as believers are concerned they merely have to bow down and believe and what is the use too as regards the unbelievers they will never be convinced the work we do here is so much foolishness dr bonami severely ordered him to hold his tongue you are a rebel Rabouin, said he i shall tell father cap de Barth that i won't have you here any longer since you pass your time in sowing disobedience nevertheless there was truth in what had just been said by this man who so promptly showed his teeth eager to bite whenever his faith was assailed and pierre looked at him with sympathy all the work of the verification office work anything but well performed was indeed useless for it wounded the feelings of the pious and failed to satisfy the incredulous besides can a miracle be proved no you must believe in it when god is pleased to intervene it is not for man to try to understand in the ages of real belief science did not make any meddlesome attempt to explain the nature of the divinity and why should it come and interfere here by doing so it simply hampered faith and diminished its own prestige no no there must be no science you must throw yourself upon the ground kiss it and believe or else you must take yourself off no compromise was possible if examination once began it must go on and must fatally conduct to doubt pierre's greatest sufferings however came from the extraordinary conversations which he heard around him there were some believers present who spoke of the miracles with the most amazing ease and tranquillity the most stupefying stories left their serenity entire another miracle and yet another and with smiles on their faces their reason never protesting they went on relating such imaginings as could only have come from diseased brains they were evidently living in such a state of visionary fever that nothing henceforth could astonish them and not only did pierre notice this among folks of simple childish minds illiterate hallucinated creatures like rabouin but also among the men of intellect the men with cultivated brains the savants like dr bonamy and others it was incredible and thus pierre felt a growing discomfort arising within him a covert anger which would doubtless end by bursting forth his reason was struggling like that of some poor wretch who after being flung into a river feels the waters seize him from all sides and stifle him and he reflected that the minds which like dr chassaigne's sink at last into blind belief must pass through this same discomfort and struggle before the final shipwreck he glanced at his old friend and saw how sorrowful he looked struck down by destiny as weak as a crying child and henceforth quite alone in life nevertheless he was unable to check the cry of protest which rose to his lips no no if we do not know everything even if we shall never know everything there is no reason why we should leave off learning it is wrong that the unknown should profit by man's debility and ignorance on the contrary the eternal hope should be that the things which now seem inexplicable will some day be explained 
and we cannot under healthy conditions have any other ideal than this march towards the discovery of the unknown this victory slowly achieved by reason amidst all the miseries both of the flesh and of the mind ah reason it is my reason which makes me suffer and it is from my reason too that i await all my strength when reason dies the whole being perishes and i feel but an ardent thirst to satisfy my reason more and more even though i may lose all happiness in doing so tears were appearing in dr chassaigne's eyes doubtless the memory of his dear dead ones had again flashed upon him and in his turn he murmured reason reason yes certainly it is a thing to be very proud of it embodies the very dignity of life but there is love which is life's omnipotence the one blessing to be won again when you have lost it his voice sank in a stifled sob and as in a mechanical way he began to finger the sets of documents lying on the table he espied among them one whose cover bore the name of marie de guersin in large letters he opened it and read the certificates of the two doctors who had inferred that the case was one of paralysis of the marrow come my child he then resumed i know that you feel warm affection for mademoiselle de guersin what should you say if she were cured here there are here some certificates bearing honourable names and you know that paralysis of this nature is virtually incurable well if this young person should all at once run and jump about as i have seen so many others do would you not feel very happy would you not at last acknowledge the intervention of a supernatural power pierre was about to reply when he suddenly remembered his cousin beauclerc's expression of opinion the prediction that the miracle would come about like a lightning stroke an awakening an exultation of the whole being and he felt his discomfort increase and contented himself with replying yes indeed i should be very happy and you are right there is doubtless only a determination to secure happiness in all the agitation one beholds here however he could remain in that office no longer the heat was becoming so great that perspiration streamed down the faces of those present dr bonamy had begun to dictate a report of the examination of la grivotte to one of the seminarists while father d'argelès watchful with regard to the expressions employed occasionally rose and whispered in his ear so as to make him modify some sentence meantime the tumult around them was continuing the discussion among the medical men had taken another turn and now bore on certain technical points of no significance with regard to the case in question you could no longer breathe within those wooden walls nausea was upsetting every heart and every head the little fair-haired gentleman the influential writer from paris had already gone away quite vexed at not having seen a real miracle pierre thereupon said to dr chassaigne let us go i shall be taken ill if i stay here any longer they left the office at the same time as la grivotte who was at last being dismissed and as soon as they reached the door they found themselves caught in a torrential surging jostling crowd which was eager to behold the girl so miraculously healed for the report of the miracle must have already spread and one and all were struggling to see the chosen one question her and touch her and she with her empurpled cheeks her flaming eyes her dancing gait could do nothing but repeat i am cured i am cured shouts drowned her voice she herself was submerged carried off amidst the eddies of the throng for a moment one lost sight of her as though she had sunk in those tumultuous waters then she suddenly reappeared close to pierre and the doctor who endeavoured to extricate her from the crush they had just perceived the commander one of whose manias was to come down to the piscinas and the grotto in order to vent his anger there with his frock-coat tightly girding him in military fashion he was as usual leaning on his silver-knobbed walking-stick 
slightly dragging his left leg which his second attack of paralysis had stiffened and his face reddened and his eyes flashed with anger when la grivotte pushing him aside in order that she might pass repeated amidst the wild enthusiasm of the crowd i am cured i am cured well he cried seized with sudden fury so much the worse for you my girl exclamations arose folks began to laugh for he was well known and his maniacal passion for death was forgiven him however when he began stammering confused words saying that it was pitiful to desire life when one was possessed of neither beauty nor fortune and that this girl ought to have preferred to die at once rather than suffer again people began to growl around him and abbe juden who was passing had to extricate him from his trouble the priest drew him away be quiet my friend be quiet he said it is scandalous why do you rebel like this against the goodness of god who occasionally shows his compassion for our sufferings by alleviating them i tell you again that you yourself ought to fall on your knees and beg him to restore to you the use of your leg and let you live another ten years the commander almost choked with anger what he replied ask to live for another ten years when my finest day will be the day i die show myself as spiritless as cowardly as the thousands of patients whom i see pass along here full of a base terror of death shrieking aloud their weakness their passion to remain alive ah no i should feel too much contempt for myself i want to die to die at once it will be so delightful to be no more he was at last out of the scramble of the pilgrims and again found himself near dr chassaigne and pierre on the bank of the gave and he addressed himself to the doctor whom he often met didn't they try to restore a dead man to life just now he asked i was told of it it almost suffocated me eh doctor you understand that man was happy enough to be dead and they dared to dip him in their water in the criminal hope of making him live again but suppose they had succeeded suppose their water had animated that poor devil once more for one never knows what may happen in this funny world don't you think that the man would have had a perfect right to spit his anger in the face of those corpse menders had he asked them to awaken him how did they know if he were not well pleased at being dead folks ought to be consulted at any rate just picture them playing the same vile trick on me when i at last fall into the great deep sleep ah i would give them a nice reception meddle with what concerns you i should say and you may be sure i should make all haste to die again he looked so singular in the fit of rage which had come over him that abbe juden and the doctor could not help smiling pierre however remained grave chilled by the great quiver which swept by were not those words he had just heard the despairing imprecations of lazarus he had often imagined lazarus emerging from the tomb and crying aloud why hast thou again awakened me to this abominable life o lord i was sleeping the eternal dreamless sleep so deeply i was at last enjoying such sweet repose amidst the delights of nihility i had known every wretchedness and every dolour treachery vain hope defeat sickness as one of the living i had paid my frightful debt to suffering for i was born without knowing why and i lived without knowing how and now behold o lord thou requirest me to pay my debt yet again thou condemnest me to serve my term of punishment afresh have i then been guilty of some inexpiable transgression that thou shouldst inflict such cruel chastisement upon me alas to live again to feel oneself die a little in one's flesh each day to have no intelligence save such as is required in order to doubt no will save such as one must have to be unable no tenderness save such as is needed to weep over one's own sorrows yet it was past i had crossed the terrifying threshold of death 
i had known that second which is so horrible that it sufficeth to poison the whole of life i had felt the sweat of agony cover me with moisture the blood flow back from my limbs my breath forsake me flee away in a last gasp and thou ordainest that i should know this distress a second time that i should die twice that my human misery should exceed that of all mankind then may it be even now o lord yes i entreat thee do also this great miracle may i once more lay myself down in this grave and again fall asleep without suffering from the interruption of my eternal slumber have mercy upon me and forbear from inflicting on me the torture of living yet again that torture which is so frightful that thou hast never inflicted it on any being i have always loved thee and served thee and i beseech thee do not make of me the greatest example of thy wrath a cause of terror unto all generations but show unto me thy gentleness and loving-kindness o lord restore unto me the slumber i have earned and let me sleep once more amidst the delights of thy nihility while pierre was pondering in this wise abbe Juden had led the commander away at last managing to calm him and now the young priest shook hands with dr chassaigne recollecting that it was past five o'clock and that marie must be waiting for him on his way back to the grotto however he encountered the abbe des Hermoises deep in conversation with monsieur de guersin who had only just left his room at the hotel and was quite enlivened by his good nap he and his companion were admiring the extraordinary beauty which the fervour of faith imparted to some women's countenances and they also spoke of their projected trip to the cirque de garvarny on learning however that marie had taken a first bath with no effect monsieur de guersin at once followed pierre they found the poor girl still in the same painful stupor with her eyes still fixed on the blessed virgin who had not deigned to hear her she did not answer the loving words which her father addressed to her but simply glanced at him with her large distressful eyes and then again turned them upon the marble statue which looked so white amid the radiance of the tapers and whilst pierre stood waiting to take her back to the hospital monsieur de guersin devoutly fell upon his knees at first he prayed with passionate ardour for his daughter's cure and then he solicited on his own behalf the favour of finding some wealthy person who would provide him with the million of francs that he needed for his studies on aerial navigation End of section nine.